It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This podcast is brought to you in collaboration with Exalt. Exalt are a brand that provide juices and shakes from all raw, fresh and natural ingredients. And they're designed by nutritional experts. They're a brand that actually reached out to me a couple of months ago. The first thing I did was Google what they're about and their mission, etc. And the first, the first line of their mission statement read, food fuels our physical, mental and emotional well-being. And straight away, I kind of knew that they're a brand that very much aligns with what we're about at Eat, Look, Feel. They have a strong focus on sustainability, the mission, the values, the people. They're just a genuinely very, very impressive brand. Throughout my coaching, I talk a lot about creating convenience and enjoyment through your nutrition to create sustainability. And I think what Exalt are doing is exactly that. They provide ready-to-drink shakes that are super convenient and full of good nutrition. So if you do see Exalt about, give them a go. I can genuinely recommend them, both the products and the brand. Welcome to the Eat, Look, Feel podcast. This podcast is here to delve into inspirational and aspirational guests' personal health, digging a little bit deeper into how they approach their nutrition, their training, and their mindset, all with the idea to create better for themselves. Please subscribe and please do share with anyone who you think might find this valuable. As usual, create better always, the Eat, Look, Feel team. This week's episode is with Grayson Hart. Grayson is the founder of Pure Sport, one of the UK's leading health and wellness brands. We talked through Grayson's journey from being a professional rugby player playing for New Zealand to how he identified the gap in the market for pure sport and how he's grown it into what it is today. We talked through all things from gut health to the importance of being present to gratitude to Grayson's personal, mental and physical health journey. So without further ado, this is Grayson Hart. Grayson, good morning, mate. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Dan, buddy. Good to be here, mate. It's an honor. Thanks for having me. I know it's a busy time with uh, new product launches, etc. So um, appreciate you fitting us in. I'll kick things off with the way that I start the podcast every week, and that is: How would you define your health? Or sorry, how would you define health? So, what does what does healthy mean to you? Yeah, I think that's been a huge element of my journey is um, you know actually redefining what health is, and I and I really do believe we're in a bit of a paradigm shift um, the culturally as to what that means. So health to me is feeling happy, feeling energized, and feeling that I can take on my day-to-day task with joy, not not like not a burden on my shoulders, you know, not a burden to go to work or to have to do an hour Zoom call or to go to the gym or to walk the dog or to be present with my wife at lunch or dinner. Those are what good health feels like to me. And and that doesn't mean, you know, that being human, you ride a roller coaster of different challenges, different emotions, you face different difficulties with your body as well and your mind and circumstances. So but it's being in a position and feeling equipped and aware enough to be able to take on those different challenges and it's they're not ever too much for you. I mean what I take from that is it's more a, it's more a feeling 
than anything else. Yeah, yes. Contentment is a way that I would a word that I would use to wrap it up. Like, yeah, it's it's a way of life. You know, I think for too long, myself being a huge example, was I was trying to get from A to B at all costs, and thinking that when I got from A to point B, that I would feel good. You know, and then so I was just do whatever it takes to get there, because then you're going to be feel better. And that you know, from A to B might look like this amount of money in the bank, this progression in my career, this house, this relationship. You do whatever it takes to get there. And there are time, there's times in my life that I haven't got to some of those points. And then it's like, you know, you feel great about achieving certain things that you've dreamed of or you've really gone after. But it doesn't take long to realize that, oh, shit, like, I'm not, I don't actually feel on top of the world the way that I thought that I would. And then you start to realign to be like, or if you can begin to question that model, that your contentment or happiness starts at point B or C or D or whatever, to realign it with like the only place I can feel truly good is if I focus here and now, What and what can I do here and now to, to live in a more optimal way, then one, your, your path to B, C and D is probably a much clearer and smoother path anyway, but you're you're not putting all your eggs in this basket that says, I'm going to feel good when I get here, you know? And it's about the process. So uh, I think it's, just, it's like realigning, like, this human cultural conditioning that we've got that's like, you get to this, you achieve this, and you, this that's when life starts. It's like, nah, man. And I learned that the, the disappointment in that methodology or cultural conditioning hit me the first time at the age of 19. From the age of about 14 through to 19, everything I did was to become a professional rugby player. Like, I didn't care about school, care about anything. It was literally, I was like, what can I do to be a professional rugby player? And I got my contract at 19. Happiest, proudest moment. But the, the idea of how I was meant to feel within myself from that point that I believe I would feel, I didn't. I felt opposite. I was like, I don't feel good. Like, I feel insecure. I don't feel like empowered or content or excited. Like, so I feel, I, I feel really insecure. And then what I believed was going to give me all the happiness and joy and confidence and that I dreamed of, it wasn't. So I was like, what? Oh, so I must need to get paid this much or I must need to achieve this many first team games. Or, you know what I mean? And it, it was a downward spiral and it actually became very destructive. But I think that was how I woke up from it. But I do feel a lot of the world's in a slower burn process of that. It's like, nah, I just need this pay rise or this, you know, uh, house or I need to find the right partner and I need to lose this mm -hmm. many kgs or I need whatever. And so, yeah, sorry, man, that's a long spiel of an answer. I think a good way to sort of summarise it is it's the journey, not the destination. And it's actually about learning that and also that the destination's likely to be a moving goalpost. Bit like what you yeah. said, 14 year old Grayson thinks pro rugby contracts, that's me done, completed it, everything I ever wanted. When you get there, hold on, this isn't what I thought. Now, actually, the goal is to get a bigger contract or, you know, get a better relationship or get a. And it's that constant moving target that I guess it comes down to being present, right? And being in the moment and working on 
you know, health is an internal thing and, and, and nothing really, unless you're happy, all of these sort of external things aren't really going to add to add to your happiness and, and health, if you like. So tell us a bit about yourself, mate. So, so you obviously you mentioned there your background in rugby. I obviously know you, you used to be a, a pro rugby player and you've moved on to, to obviously create pure sport and, and grow that into what it is today. So just give us like a brief idea of that journey and how, how that sort of started. Yeah. So I grew up in New Zealand. We love rugby. And I grew up in a household that, you know, my dad had had a few issues throughout his life, struggled with addiction and um, kind of that, his struggles sort of represented, I guess, the way in which me and my siblings grew up. You know, it was not the easiest of upbringings, but my dad loved us very, very much and he raised us. Uh, My parents were separated, we lived with my dad, but we faced, you know, plenty of issues. And, but but I think as well, loving rugby, that was something that was like my safe place, you know, and that was a connection that me and my dad had. He he loved rugby, he was very proud of me uh, with my, you know, supportive of everything I did. And I think that's where my love and passion for rugby, because it was like a freedom, like to me, sport is an expression of it's like performance, you know, it's art, it's like your mind's free and clear. Um, and as well, then on aside from that, my dad's brother, a lot different than my day. He was a very successful guy, great businessman, but also a great coach. And he actually coached the All Black, uh, the head coach of the All Blacks, which was in New Zealand. Like that's a, a huge deal. So I had these two sides of the corner. Like I grew up in a way that we were, you know, we struggled. I could see my uncle and my cousins, and they were like, to me, it was living the dream. But my uncle was also like a hero, you know, to me. Uh, I idolized him as well. I idolized my dad too, but seeing what my uncle had achieved and all that. But that also made, like, rugby something realistic to me. Like, oh, like, you can make a life out of this, you know? So, yeah, like, my life view from early on was, like, rugby was, like, a ticket and and a place of, like, expression and freedom. I think when I got older, when you start to form this, like, view of, okay, I've got to be independent now, real life's coming. What am I going to do after school? You know, I've got to try make something of myself that's when rugby started to shift in my mind from this place of freedom and expression to like that was like my means to an end that was a place where I could find value and I feel anything that you you know you truly excel at it come don't get me wrong you got to work hard but that hard work comes with even in the most tough time it comes with a sense of like joy and freedom in the work at when you're at your best you know um, but there was times where because I was so attached to like needing rugby to be okay and get away from this struggle that I'd grown up in, it was it became polarizing. It was like my joy and my love and my freedom in rugby was now my like um, ticket, like I needed it. And then that polarizing effect kind of um, what rugby was to me. And it became a bit more of a like grind and a insecurity. Like I've got to get this. Um, as I said, I achieved my dream. I got my contract for the Blues, which they're my hometown team. Growing up in New Zealand, the Auckland Blues play in the Super Rugby, and that was a dream come true. Um, but again, as I said, life became confusing from there because I didn't feel what I thought I'd feel in terms of security. But what it also did was it that path led me on a further grind to achieve and that became that came at the detriment of my physical and mental health. It was, it 
achieve at all costs. I, fa- I faced some knee injuries early in my career. It's my right knee. And at that age, there's a lot going on because I was 19, 20, 21 in my first few years of contract. And I had a super rugby contract, a provincial contract for Auckland, which was a separate competition. And then I made the Junior World Cup New Zealand under 20s. So I got all these things going on. I faced this in- a knee injury. And in such an integral time in my career, I, I was advised like, no, just get through the season and play play the World Cup, play the uh, provincial, play the Super Rugby. And in order to do that, we'll give you these injections and painkillers. And I was like, yeah, of course, man, I ain't going to miss these things. So I was all aboard. But what that actually did was it led to a mindset and a cycle that I didn't actually go and do the things to look after and treat the injury and get the surgery and stuff that I needed to get. And rather than it becoming a short-term thing, it became a cycle. So I would take more injections more painkillers. And then that went on for a few years. And I wasn't aware and I wasn't educated at that point of what these were doing to my body, my mind, my knee with these injections. And at the age of 24, I got a new contract at a new club overseas. And they do these big medicals to check your fit for your contract, you know, that you're not going to fall apart and they're not going to get your money's worth. And they saw swelling in my knee, so they sent me for an MRI scan. And uh, I didn't, well, I was, this was, the life I was used to with this knee, it wasn't that, it was nothing, it was just normal. It was like, I take painkillers and I get the injections. That's what I do. Hadn't missed games or anything because it was like normal. Um, and they were like, oh, we just got to check it up. Da, da, da. I was like, yep, no worries. Went away, got this MRI scan, came back next day. They were like, all the medical staff, 10 of them in this office. I was like, oh, shit, this is pretty serious. They're like, man, your knee is like in atrocious condition. Like, you've got no cartilage left in your knee. You've got these bone spurs growing in your knee. You've got all this fluid. And because of all the fluid, inflammation, and lack of cartilage, like your knee's in, unstable. You're at risk of, like, at any point just in training, like tearing your ACL because it's so unstable. And, and then also on top of that, because there's no cartilage and all this inflammation, you're going to need knee replacement by the time you're 40. And, that, and so I'm just sitting there, like, I went from buzzing about being at my new club with this new contract, like, best contract that I'd ever signed, peak of, like, hitting the... Stein's hit the peak of my career. And then I was like, I was just like, what? Like, I've never missed a game. Like, what, what do you mean? Like, I've never missed training or a game because of my knee. What are you talking about? And so that was like a shock to my system. Um, the club was actually trying to get rid of me because there was too much risk for them of like me not being able to fulfill my obligations with my knee. But in order for a club to get rid of a player, like they have to get um, a few third-party perspective to agree on the same diagnosis and because of the fact that I'd stayed functional with this knee that the makeup of my like quad muscles and tendons and stuff meant that my knee although it shouldn't be stable with no uh, cartilage and stuff but actually was quite stable Um, and so the other specialists they sent me to were like look we agree his knee's absolutely buggered he's gonna need a knee replacement the right thing to do would be to retire but this is his career he's still functional now, so we can't say you can get rid of him. So they had to keep me. Um, and I kind of sensed that if it was up to him, I would be gone. And, th- and then that led to another level of insecurity about this knee, which meant I, I wasn't going to them to get the physio, the treatment to the level that I should to look after the state of my knee. And that meant, although I, or I was already relying on these painkillers and stuff, 
mean, I became even more reliant because I didn't want to let on the amount of pain or struggle. And the problem with rugby back then, it's come a long way now, they were willing to just give out painkillers and sleeping pills very easily because I don't think there was the level of awareness around the, the cultural issues of you know addiction through prescription pills and stuff that there is now. And so I was just getting handed painkillers uh, like the doctor for lap for ease, you know, whatever painkiller you'd be on, he'd just give you like 50 odd at a time um, and tell you how many to use, thinking, you know, he's just going to use those. But what would happen is your, your threshold build up, or in my case, I wouldn't want to let on the level of pain, so I'd take more. And, you know, at the worst point, I was on about eight painkillers a day consistently. But I didn't, I knew it was... I was starting to feel different effects, like mind and body, but like I, I wasn't truly giving it the attention that it should have that this was so wrong, you know? And it wasn't until I saw a teammate of mine and he was a good friend of mine. He, we went on a tour overseas for rugby and time zone was different. He was struggling to adjust and sleep, so he was given sleeping pills stayed on the sleep pills because obviously when you take sleep pills it stops your body's natural bloody time zone so he then he needed them throughout that whole tour got back from the tour changed the time zone again stayed on the sleep pills to the point where he became addicted to these sleep pills and he his mental health like just completely derailed he was starting like he, he was in such a bad place and we were going to the club as his friends, being like, look, like, it's to the point now we're like, we've got to be honest, like, he's really, really struggling, you know, like, he needs your help, we need to help him. Because at first you want to, like, protect your teammate and not let the club know that he's in a bad place because, you know, it's so important that you're perceived as you're in good order because you need to get picked, you need a new contract, you need to get paid. So you're trying to protect him, but it got to the point where it was like, man, like, we need to help this guy collectively. And rather than, like, giving it the true attention that it needed, it wasn't, like, a process of just, like, oh, like, get, get rid of them. But it was, like, oh, yeah, a little bit of help here, there, see how that goes. But then eventually it was, like, they just got rid of them. And then he, he then further derailed to the point where, like, his whole career was gone, his whole, like, mental health, personality, everything was, like, just he wasn't the person he was. Thank goodness, like, it's, it's actually taken the guy years. Like, he never got back into rugby. Uh, but he started to come to a much better place. And don't get me wrong, like, I'm not saying that was just the sling pills. Like, there would have been other elements to it. But that accelerated these issues and the lack of help. Anyway, that opened my eyes up to what was going on with me. I was like, man, I need to give what I'm doing the attention it deserves. And that's what led me to really delving into like how can I live in a more sustainable, natural and optimal way to get away from these painkillers. Uh, and that was where my life, like as a pro sportsman, you train hard and there's different emotional roller coasters and uncertainties or contracts and where you're going to be next year. But in terms of actual like your application of the mind, it's pretty simple, like you learn the moves, you eat right, you do your recovery, you train hard, and you try to live in a balanced way, but you've got a lot of free time. 
and amongst that. Most guys play PlayStation or hang out with their mates. Some guys do a uni course on the side. Lots of times at coffee shops um, or lots of dudes on Tinder and all sorts. Um, <laughs> and, but my, my time after this sort of realisation just became fully delved into I want to learn how to look after myself. I want to, because the, the methodology that I'm in as a rugby player, the information I'm getting isn't helping me. So I need to learn something else. And that was, I, start, I was like delving into nutrition, um, supplementation, different forms of like training, different forms of treatment, recovery, learning about, you know, some foods have inf- and, and inflammatory, some are anti-inflammatory, ways to look after, you know, the gut and how that has a knock-on effect to inflammation, the mind, the brain, sleep quality, recovery, all of that. And that's what led me to CBD. Particularly, like, I, I was learning about all sorts of different things. And then one that stuck out to me was CBD because I'd never heard of it. It stood for cannabidiol, an extract from the cannabis plant. It had just become legal and therefore removed from the world anti-doping list. I heard American footballers talking about it, and I was like, they were saying how they'd replace painkillers with this compound, CBD, as a supplement. I was like, oh. started researching it. At that point, there were none that were certified for drug-tested athletes as a supplement, which is what we had to take as a drug-tested athlete. So I waited till the off-season. I trialed it, and utilising CBD in capsule oil and topical balms and applications, and amongst my changes in mindset towards recovery, diet, other supplementation like um, mushrooms and adaptogens, it was the first time in years that I was able to stop taking painkillers. And it wasn't until probably like three or four weeks being off the painkillers that I realized how profound that it was to be off the painkillers. Like, and that was the biggest wake up to be like, holy shit, the slow build up of my life being on painkillers. I did not realize because it was such a gradual build of how suboptimally I was living until I got away from them. And that was from mental health, mood, focus, energy levels, gut health, pain. And it was like I had this quality of life that was starting to come in. It was like a fog was being lifted that I didn't even know was there. And that was, I was just like, man, um, I cannot go back to that way of life. And then I went back into pre-season training, saw the doctor, checking up on my knee, checking what prescription I needed. And I, and it was in the best shape that it had been. I was buzzing, telling him about what I'd been doing. He, the doctors are great people. The doctors, physios, they care about the players. They help us so much. But they're in their paradigm that they are in. They're in their system, you know. Um, and I thought that he, we would look into it together to be like, okay, how can Grayson utilise these products even though they're not certified for sport? Let's find a way. Let's delve further into it. He said, okay, I'm going to look into it. Let me talk to the club, the powers that be. I was so shocked when they came back the next day and they're like, you just, nah, can't take them. And I was like, no, like, I really, really I can't go back to painkillers. And then when the answer then was, you can't take them. And if you're found, if we find that you take these, you're in breach of your contract. I was just like, 
man, like, come on, man. Like, because I was just like, I was like, well, I'm a human. Like, I, I can make my own informed decision and calculate my own risk. I'm going to do what is right for me. But then when I'm told, like, if you're found to do this, you're, I was like, wow, like, that, uh, now I know the system is not there for us, you know. But what that did was it really lit this fire in my belly to be like, I'm going to find a way. My concept at that point wasn't to start a business, but along the way of calling people World Anti-Doping, Informed Sport, BSCG, who these guys are the certifiers, and WADA is the one who sets the rules of drug testing. I was learning, and then I started reaching out to brands, you know, raw ingredient farms, like hemp farms, mushroom farms, to learn what they're doing to extract these, what testing they're doing, brands about what lab testing. And then along that way, I was, one day I was just like, man, like, I'm, I'm going to find a way to make my own ones because no one's doing it. Uh, and I think naivety of how hard it was going to be was a blessing. <laughs> if I knew how hard, I might not have done it. Um, and then, yeah, that's what led me to the concept of I'm going to create the world's first range of fully certified for drug-tested athletes, range of natural products to help with, like, pain, sleep, energy, cognitive function, to help, like, educate to help impact and to help like raise awareness of how we can get away from this this sort of quick fix culture of painkillers and yeah that was that was how pure sport came to life amazing mate thank you for sharing when you when you mentioned in in your opening bit about health this this paradigm of health changing is that kind of what you meant do you think we're moving away from the pharmaceutical side of painkillers and being stuck in that and more towards like natural remedies i know pure sport very much produce and promote natural side of fixing things is that what you mean yeah I, I think like what's happening slowly and 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 i feel now is like a time where the momentum's starting to build because it's like a it's been a slow kind of build and so right pro sport is a great example of like quick fix mentality like don't get me wrong like there's times where it's essential that you've got to go get the surgery and, and sort something you know that there's no other option but you're in this world that it's like everything's so fast-paced and so like contract to contract and so competitive and it's all reliant on your body being your tool for your performance that you'll do whatever it takes to stay on the field, you know, and you don't have this mindset of like a knock-on effect down the line. Now that's like a magnified version of what I feel our culture's view towards health is and it comes back to what we said at the start about our view of our happiness is dependent on circumstances. So we'll try to do whatever it takes to get from this point to this achievement, whatever that looks like in different people's eyes. And we don't truly give attention to like, what am I doing now to live well, feel good and feel happy and my mind to be clear and present and my body to feel good and energized and optimal. And, and I think what, and because of that view, it's played really well into like the, I guess, the view that big, that suits big pharma, which is, you know, oh, like you're struggling with something, take this pill and it will sort that issue for you now, you know? And then in four hours or 12 hours or when that pill wears off, oh, you take another pill, you know? And and I don't I really don't want to 
I know it's hard for me to not, but I don't want to sound like someone who's against pharmaceuticals. Like, and because man, science and medicine has done profound things for humans. Like, so I'm not against it at all. I'm I'm pro medicine and pro science. But what but I but what I'm for is pro understanding of how to utilize them as they should be used. Like these things should be used for short-term interim impact when needed. And and then on top of that, if someone's quality of life is so kind of out of kilter and they need pharmaceuticals to have quality of life, then yes. And then like there's all, so many elements where medicine and science, the, the science to it is amazing. But where I feel really like that the industry and the corporate side of it has played into this human psyche of I need to get from A to B and I'll do whatever it takes, they've played into that by being here, yeah, just take this, fix it, you know. And what's happening, I feel, slowly, is people are now like, nah, I've got from A to B and different things, and I still don't feel that good. I need, a, I want to look at how I can feel good now. And what we're saying at Pure Sport and what I've learned in life and what like the amazing people out there that I feel are pointing people in the right direction is prioritize now. Prioritize your mind, your body, and your connections and your uh, priorities now. And actually by doing that, you are more equipped to unlock what's meant for you in life, but you're going to do it in a way of expression, enjoyment, freedom. That's the paradigm that I'm talking about is like realigning to like, what what can I do now to live optimally now that's going to help me get to these amazing places that I would like to get to? I think... It's very similar to the message that sort of and, and, and how I coach and, and what we sort of say feel is this idea of almost like preventative self-care and, and health rather than rehabilitation. And like you say, this, the world works on a, it's, it's very funny, the world works on a sort of basis of waiting until we get injured or sick or, you know, unhealthy. And then all of a sudden it's right, how am I going to fix this? Rather than that yeah. idea of actually let's prevent that from ever even happening in the first place by, you know, looking after ourselves when we can and sort of approaching our health, we don't have to lose our health or we don't have to lose our, you know, get injured to then all of a sudden it become an important thing to us. We can actually prevent this from happening. And I think that's where maybe the industry from a health point of view has really changed is that health awareness, I feel, is just massive. And then that's where natural remedies like yourselves have grown so much is because now people are more aware of preventing things happening rather than, you know, like I say, getting injured, getting sick, getting unhealthy and then going to the doctors and all of a sudden then it's like quick fixes and pharmaceutical fixes. Yeah, and that that's like, you know, you're a bloody down, very down-to-earth and humble guy, uh, Dan, but like what you're doing is pioneering that space in your right. You know, like, look at, look at like, trainers in, in the past. Like, it was lose weight or get jacked and ripped, you know? And that was what was sold, and that's what people wanted, you know? And that was, again, playing into the view of, like, oh, yeah, if I get like this, that's going to help me 
be what I want to be and then I'm going to be better, you know. Whereas actually, so many people have lost weight, gotten ripped and jacked, and then they achieve these, like, things they set out. And then don't be wrong, there's, like, a real sense of accomplishment. But, it, but, but often when it's for the wrong reason and it's like, oh, I'm just going to do this to get to here, it actually becomes unsustainable because being motivated like that isn't actually a natural, sustainable way of living. And that's why there's so many examples of people that have got an amazing shape or lost heaps of weight, and they just, they bloody go beyond worse from where they were before, and then their mental health deteriorates because they're like, well, what, like, I, I, I got my goal, or, and then because it was starting from the wrong foundation, you know, whereas what you're doing is you're saying, let's learn about our body, let's learn about our mind, and then from that place of learning, Let's implement the things that are going to help us live in a way better way, in an optimal way, with energy levels, clarity of mind, training methods. And the byproduct of that is naturally going to be the right uh, physical makeup for that person, but in a sustainable way, you know. And, you know, like what you're doing, it doesn't, it's not like, it doesn't sell, like you're not, you're not selling like uh, an outcome of, don't get me wrong, like there is unbelievable outcomes, but the, the type of consumer or individual that is drawn to you, they're drawn to like, I don't want that rat race. I want to do it sustainably. You know, I want to be equipped. I want to go to Dan and I want to learn shit. I want to go to do, go through uh, eat, look, feel, and through that, I'm going to go away equipped for the rest of my life with the mindset and an awareness of, like, I'm looking after myself. And then all the fruits of that uh, start to pay, take care of themselves. You know, you sell, you sell your product, which is an education, a training program, a mentorship. Um, but you're not saying, hey, like, like, this is the answer to get you this, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's come join me on this, and I sh- and I assure you, this is an amazing foundation um, that you're going to raise your understanding, your your learnings, and it's like with our product, like we will never say, "Is your knee?" Because I don't, I know my getting off painkillers wasn't just it wasn't CBD only. You know, they that played an amazing part, but it was the awareness and the understanding and the habits and the overall lifestyle changes and the mindset and introducing these ingredients and supplements but the way of life and the perspective is what got me off painkillers so i'll never sit there and say hey do you have an osteoarthritic knee that you're going to need a knee replacement and you take eight painkillers a day take this product and you're not going to need it like i'll never say that you know it's come join pure sport We'll educate. It's a lifestyle, and we've got these products that are part of that, and this is what we're all about in the same way that you doing that with lifestyle and mindset. As you say, Matt, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I think it's, like I said, it's probably the reason why we, we connected. And also, one thing that I always say is, you know, health is something that we can't complete. You know, unfortunately, it's with us for life. Like, it's not something that, you know, how many of us sit there and I'm, I'm sure you've done it, I've done it, I've learned the hard way. You sit there and think, oh yeah, I just want to be in that certain shape or then I, then I won't have a care in the world. You never get, you never, you'll never ever look at yourself 
from a physical point of view and say, yep, completed it. That's me done. Don't need to train anymore. Don't need to exercise anymore. Don't need to eat well anymore. Completed the game. Got the shape I want. Like, it doesn't work like that. And it's that shift it's the biggest of actually... Human, the biggest human myth, man, but it is actually the most, how would you say, like deeply, I feel anyway, one of the most deeply conditioned beliefs. This lens that we're conditioned into that says you'll feel better and happy and content and complete when X happens. And we see life through that lens. And I think the job is about like wiping the dirt off that lens, man. And then being like, through a clear lens, oh, I can achieve amazing things. Like Because becoming your healthiest, healthiest and happiest self allows for that, right? Exactly, man. Like, just get the start point right. And you can't, you can't go wrong. Build that foundation. I think for people think that if I don't, yeah, uh, yeah. And I think we're taught that if I don't have my goal or outcome as my first priority, I'm never going to achieve anything good. I actually believe that if our minds are clear and we prioritize our mental and physical health first, your ambitions and objectives become clearer than ever. I feel there's so many people going after the wrong thing because their start point is wrong. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's so interesting. I, I completely agree, Matt. I think, I think health, is, health provides the foundation for everything. Your career, your relationships, your finances, everything in life starts from that foundation of, of solid mental and physical health. I'm not talking, obviously, you know, it doesn't have to be everything optimised at all times. Like, no one lives like that. But there has to be a certain care towards it and a certain application to doing the right things towards your health. And like I say, just giving yourself that foundation to then go and thrive in every other area of your life from. So, so powerful. And it's, to be honest, it's probably the biggest shift that I see when working with, when working with clients is, is that. It's actually like, you know, I'm, I'm actually more interested in what you're going and doing outside of the gym. In a, in, a, mm. in a roundabout way. It's a, it's, it's a funny one. But I think the world that you're in, like, your, your greatest impact is that because you're helping people realign with their true self. That is, your true self is equipped with everything to live optimally. Like our intuition is designed to help us live well. But the cultural condition that we're in bogged down our intuition and it's getting us acting and living in ways that aren't our true self. One thing that I wanted to obviously speak to you about was you released a gut health product yesterday. And obviously I know, I know the hard work that went into it behind the scenes. But you've obviously done incredible amount of research about the whole gut health and space and the importance of it. So why is gut health so important? And why did you, you, know, why did you go about creating a gut health product? Yeah, I think like this product is a perfect example of like what pure sports all about and like you know myself as the founder i got i got immersed into this world because i woke up from living so poorly and so badly 
became fascinated by like, okay, shit, there's so much that isn't in the mainstream about how we can live better. Um, and I just became fascinated by it. But I think you know, I, I'm the first to say like, I love pure sport because it's like, I'm on the journey that our customer is on too, you know, and I want to bring that to people of realigning to how to live well. And I'm so grateful that like through my interests and passion and the wake up I've had, like it's put me in line with experts that they are the experts in this stuff. And without them, like we wouldn't be able to innovate and formulate these products. So I guess it's taking like a passion and a drive to learn and evolve and improve and bring that to people and aligning the experts and the science and the uh, yeah, that, that nutritionists and the expertise to innovate and create these products to kind of make that noise in. So a huge part of that is the products that are innovative that help people, but the education and awareness that we can raise as a business around these products and, and also the like source or solution that these products are pointing to. Because again, it's like not take this product and this is the fix. It's like this is part of optimizing this, and but we want to educate and raise awareness on this, you know. And so, the the gut health product fits that alignment perfectly because what is just becoming more and more clear, and the science and the awareness being raised around it just becoming more and more obvious is the that the gut is the start point of the humans health ecosystem um, and there are there are so many integral elements and knock-on effects that you know having a healthy gut has to overall health and performance in life and on the flip side you know there are obviously so many negative effects to a suboptimal gut um, and poor gut health but I think the one thing I want to make really really clear is I, I feel the view that we've had in the mainstream towards gut health is Optimizing and prioritizing gut health is for people that suffer the obvious symptoms of poor gut health. Which, you know, things like IBS, cramping, indigestion, bloating, you know, these things. And, of course, that is, they, those, those people, it's clear, like they need to prioritize and learn and look after their gut health. But the thing that has become more and more obvious is every human being needs to understand that their gut has a huge knock-on effect to their health. And that is in symptoms in ways that we don't actually, in the mainstream, align to our gut. So energy levels, focus, cognitive function, things like brain fog and headaches, skin issues, acne, uh, skin irritation, things like, you know, dandruff and, you know, antiviral-type disorders, that we're often trying to treat at the symptom. They're, like, there are so many things that we can look to the gut that we wouldn't maybe before usually look to to understand where, like, well, this could be the cause of this issue. Things like, you know, disease. So many issues with disease are happening that are potentially starting at the gut. And a, and a really scary but profound one that we need to start to understand and prioritize is so many people that are facing mental health disorders or, or issues, sorry, not disorders, and, and that are going from being down and low mood 
low-level depression, anxiety, that are then snowballing into deep depression, they, they can be starting from the gut, you know, because the gut is directly linked to the brain to the point where it's known by many experts as the second brain because the link is so obvious that we need to understand it and we need to start to focus to the, that as a space of treating or looking at a solution to issues or, or the source of issues. And that is why this product for Pure Sport is, is so amazing because this is an opportunity for our brand and the movement that Pure Sport is creating to raise that awareness, to educate, like, guys, we all need to know this. And not, this is not just for people bloating or uh, indigestion. This is something for everyone to understand. So, yeah, that's that's what we're, that's the product, Trust Your Gut, um, is what we've called it. So we're, we're so happy to have kind of got it here finally and so excited for people to, Utilize it, but also learn about gut health in general. Goes back to the uh, the preventative rather than rehabilitation that we were talking about earlier. So it's, it's that consistent message throughout, right? You know, let's keep, keep the gut healthy rather than waiting for your gut to you know waiting for your gut to be unhealthy, and then you're going to know about it, and it's going to start giving you some some probably quite uncomfortable signs. So if you can keep yeah. that gut healthy throughout, like you say, the big link to the to the mental health mm-hmm. side of things, like you say, the second yeah. brain. And yes. it's something that we should all take note of. So yeah. I've actually started using the product as of yesterday. So um, I'm excited. I'll report back, mate, with, um, with my findings. Yeah. But uh, I appreciate that. No, that's awesome, man. Well, I'm so excited for you to give it a go. And I um, know, oh, man, I'm a huge fan of your work. I've followed you for a long time. I know you're a close... Uh, well, I know how highly Will Gooch rates you and all that you do and I know he's been a huge well he's been a you know client of yours and utilize your amazing um, resource for a long long time and look at the things he's achieved with his running and kind of like you know the physique and the way but but also you just look at the guy he's got energy he's positive he's authentic um, he's breaking down barriers when it comes to like his running and the exercise and People are always like, how the hell is that guy doesn't get injured? Or how can he recover so quickly that he's able to run 48 marathons in 30 days? <laughs> and we're not saying, we're not advising, you know, not, like people don't go and do that, but you, it's a foundation. Because he could have the strongest mind in the world to go out and run 48 marathons in 30 days. But if your body's foundation is not equipped and your energy and your method and your way of recovering and the optimization of how your body's working isn't in order. You can't, you, like, you just can't do that, you know. Um, Completely agree. So that he's a sign of how you're working. And, and I think, again, like, that's why this product, the education we're raising, but also what you're doing. Because I know, like, for example, you, you are helping people align with the right diet that's right for them. And by doing that, it's like, you'll never say, oh, like, just eat this type of food and it's going to fix this. It's like people that are truly, you know, adhering to the the program that you've got, they'll be feeling so many benefits beyond what they perceive that they would through energy levels, focus, mood. And they're 
they probably don't necessarily click that. Like by consistently eating well, that is rebalancing, you know, my gut. And the knock-on effect of that is all these other amazing, profound benefits. But that's the kind of understanding that we need to like implement in people. Completely agree, mate. You know, like the physical side of things is, is to be honest, the low-hanging fruit. It's anyone can get in shape. Like there's enough, there's enough sort of science out there and, and content out there now with with social media and YouTube. Like if you really, really wanted to get into shape, if I said to someone, you know, I'll give you a million pound if you go and get go and lose body fat, you can do it pretty easily. But it's the building a lifestyle, building that consistency, but like what we've spoke about, building that sort of foundation to go and thrive from everything, get everything working for you in an enjoyable way. That's where the real value of this whole health game really lies. And that's where it's, you know, it's, it's difficult. And to be honest, it's, it's, it's different for everybody. And that's where there has to be that understanding that everybody's life looks different. Everybody's priorities are different. Everybody's health there, therefore has to look different. So this kind of like cookie cutter idea of this is how to approach health. It just, it, you know, it doesn't work uh, when you, when you sort of working at a high level. Absolutely, man. So one thing I wanted to ask you, and this is more from a personal point of view, to be honest, but moving away from pure sport, it's about within sort of your personal mindset. I know you've been through some, um, some pretty difficult times in your life. I, I've always had the sort of impression from you that you've had a real strong mental state and you're quite open to talk about these things and to, to sort of be vulnerable. And it's actually a common theme I've seen on this podcast with the successful people that I've spoke to. And has that always been that way? Did you, were you like that when you played professional sport, for instance, or is that kind of something that you've had to learn sort of as you've grown? No, I, I was, I mean, again, it's like you say with health, like for me, always it's ongoing, man. Like I've come such a long way from where I was when I was 18, 19, 20, 21 to now. But I know like there's so much that I further can understand and evolve but I obviously am happy to I find when I hear people speak from their own true experience it's quite impactful and then I also find you know hearing different experts speak so I think a combination of hearing from relatable true experience and then expertise and then taking what makes sense to you from it is in my view anyway the most impactful way to try help evolve your understanding of things. Uh, but I think where people go wrong is they hear like an expert or someone who's happy to share their view and they just take that view as like, that, that's it, I want to do that. You know, and it's, it's trying to take it and what does it mean to you and then implement something. But um, I think for me, absolutely, to come back to your question, absolutely not like, man, like I, my mindset shifted and evolved because I pretty much from my experience, hit rock bottom by living in a way of, which is the only way I knew how, which was, you know, be tough, be uh, driven, be always show positivity, you know, like always look resilient and strive for what you need, you know, and and I feel there's a lot of like self-help that kind of like promote that mindset. But I, I, got, I ran myself into the ground with that view, you know. Um, and to the point where like I was so insecure, so bound up, so mentally struggling with that way of life that like the, the way in which I cope was I was looking for a release from that 
kind of way of feeling. And so that meant for me, well, the way I found release was I started drinking a lot and then that created a life, like a, like a cycle because I'd drink and I'd feel bad and then it would like almost magnify the feelings and emotions and the tension. So then I'd make worse decisions in day-to-day life, feel worse, feel lower, which meant with my lack of knowledge and understanding felt worse. So I would look to cope again. So drinking, that led into just a really horrible cycle and lifestyle. And it wasn't until one day that I was just realised, like, I was not the same the person that I knew that I should or could be in terms of, like, my happiness, my freedom, my way of seeing life, my connection, my relationships. Um, and... I think from getting to that point, which I I can't describe how bad it really felt, you know, um, it was really, really bad. Um, But I think because of the mindset I had and the career I had, people probably didn't know how bad it was, but the expression and way I was living my life, even my friends and stuff who would be the first ones to usually be like, let's go go drink and let's go out. Like, they would start to be like, oh, bro, like, come on, man, like, no, no good, come on, you know, and I'll be like, nah, 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 come on. And, but then waking up from that, I guess similar in a way I woke up from about the painkillers in sport, I was like one day hungover, depressed, in the trenches of the cycle, I was just like, because usually I'd have denial about, nah, it's all good, like, get up, eat, go again, go train, push, get out of this down feeling, da da it was just a negative cycle of trying to like keep grinding it out. One day I was just exhausted, probably hungover, upset because I'd upset people from the way I was living and the relationships and all of that. And then I, I was just like, Man, I, I need help. I need help. Like, and that realization, I didn't know what that help looked like because I'd never accepted that I was someone that needed help or that that type of help was a thing but that kind of moment of shift was when I was starting to look to the foundation of why I was living this way and it came back to like and I actually went and got help through like my brother and family that put me in touch with different people and the perspective that helped me the most was this one that I now talk about which was realigning with like who am I with your journey and, and this is something that came up on a previous podcast that, that someone really resonated with someone who's, who sort of started a brand and has, has had super success with it is he mentioned this idea that gratitude came before the success and actually he was grateful for what he had at his sort of low lower points and before the the brand became itself and I think we we are sort of accustomed to think that success builds gratitude and that whole idea, like I say, like a lot of people resonated with it. And I had a lot of messages about that whole idea of, I love this idea of being grateful when you don't have the success, say, and then when nothing changes from a gratitude point of view, when you do have the success, is that something that you've ever had experience with or is it, has it worked differently for you? Did, did, has the sort of gratitude come as pure sports grown? Yeah. I mean, man, I feel like that is a, such a perfect way to summarize, like, um, I guess the things that I'm 
trying to explain, which I'm probably not that articulate at, but, you know, like, yeah, like growing up as a kid, like, honestly, like, man, I had nothing, you know, like there were certain circumstances that, and experiences that I had that you, you wouldn't wish on anyone. But, like, I, I was happy. Like, I was, like, grateful and content with life, you know. And then it's not until, like, you start to get this development, which I call, you know, like, the human ego, which is part of, part of having a personality, that you get these views of what's good and what's bad and, you know, and then you have these, like, judgments and then that's where overlooking of all the amazing things that we have in life right now is where gratitude takes place, you know? The mind's always going future, past, like what could have happened or what should have, why I have this story about myself and then future, like you need this or worry about this or do you know you better not let this happen or you need to get this. But, and we're so taught, I think, to attach to the thoughts in the mind, but actually if you just let them be and you come to the present, that is where you actually can find gratitude. Like that, I think that's the only place to have gratitude in the present. I mean, I, a, 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 an amazing example of the power of presence, I feel, is Nelson Mandela. The man was in Robben Island for like 20 years or something, and he never became bitter. And I truly believe the way he was able to do that is because he was present. He found gratitude in the tiniest things. And that kept his mind, like, clear and free and peaceful. Like, he, he, in normal human ways, he had every reason to be, like, the most angry, bitter, violent, hateful, spiteful person. Yet he came out and shook the hands of the people that put him in there for 20 years and worked alongside him to realign freedom for people. That, to me, is the possibility of what we've all got in our own way, probably a lot easier than what the way he had to deal with it, of course. You know, so if I'm bogged down by worried about a forecast or a budget or some issue with a manufacturer, that to me is like, man, this could be the end of the world because this could fuck up my whole business. And I'm like, you know, man, if Mandela can find it in Robin Island 20 years, I can find it peace, presence, and gratitude here and now in whatever circumstance. And then I, actually I feel being able to align with that space gives you, equips you and your mind and your resource with the best possible way to deal with issues. I completely agree. I think it's, I think it's such, a, such a powerful thing. And to be honest, the biggest, probably the biggest takeaway from this, this podcast, I've had Will on, Alex Cannon, I don't know if you know him last week, and obviously know yourself. And and one common theme that I literally see with every, say, successful person that inspire me, and I know they inspire obviously guests, is that that they all found gratitude in the tougher times. Take you, for example, after your rugby career and and obviously everything personal that you had going on at the time. You know, it, it could have been so easy for you to go the other way. And I know you said you did for a certain period of time, right? No one would have blamed you. No one would have sort of said to you, oh, yeah, what are you doing? Like, it was understandable the way you went that way. But to have the self-awareness to find, you know, that power to have the gratitude, 
to make change and to actually say, you know what, I'm better than this. I've got more to give. I've got more to do in this world than just sort of sit here and drinking and, and kind of like going, letting life control me, if you like. And I think that is, well, it's, it's a product of, you know, it's not a coincidence that, that, that you guys have gone on to have the sort of success that you have in, in business and in your, even in your personal lives and with your own health. I think that's a super powerful takeaway is that actually finding like gratitude isn't a, it isn't in the future. It's, it's, yeah. It can only be now. Yeah. And, and I think it's available in us all. It's just a matter of can we break this very heavily conditioned thought process that we've actually got what it takes to get through and face challenges in life because life, we all know that it ain't, Awesome. it's definitely not smooth sailing all of it you know and it's actually it's like it's so obvious that it's not actually designed to be just smooth sailing because otherwise it would be <laughs> you know um in terms of the circumstances but our who we are at our foundation is peaceful and free and that i truly feel can't be tarnished by circumstance if you understand who you are but we're wrapped up in a belief that we are our circumstances, which do ride a roller coaster. You know, like people say to me all the time, oh, pure sport is killing it, man. And I'm always great. I'm like, oh, yeah, man, like, because it's like amazing how far we've come. But in my day to day experience, like, often I'm like, things are horrid, things are amazing, tough, challenging, bogged down. But accepting that, like, all these experiences are part of it and that who I am is not defined by them. So, so good. Powerful stuff. So, listen, mate, I won't take up too much of your time. I know you're a, you're a busy man and you've got a new product to launch. So, the final question that I wanted to ask you is, what is the ultimate goal with your personal health? Honestly, I just want to be happy. Like, but to me, happiness is acceptance. Like, acceptance of being able to take on whatever, anything. And one thing I've, I've learned in my life, I'm 34. I've, you know, I know, I know for obviously there's people that have been through way worse things than I have. Um, but I've, I have faced some things that, you know, you know, my dad died when I was 21, lost my career when I was, you know, meant to be in the peak of it all to like alcohol issues, that with my whole identity out the window. I uh, had to then get that back on track to regain my professional rugby career. Uh, got fired from contracts. That seemed like that seemed like the end of the world. Different challenges, like you know, I saw my dad growing up with addiction issues, that the trauma and things that causes a young child. Um, and, but but through those things, what I have learned is like life's gonna throw different things at us, different challenges, different heartbreaks. Things are not going to go to plan. Things are going to go beyond your beliefs of what they could go to, you know. And 
being, it's living in a way that you know you're, you're, you've got what it takes to take on whatever comes your way. Um, and that to me is, that's true health, you know? Um, and acceptance, happiness, and peace. And to me, that comes with like your body and your mind. Um, so I don't like, there's things that my body might face that I, you have the healthiest people in the world that do everything to live well and be optimal and things come their way. You know, I, I, my view of health is having a mind and body that you can be present and at peace and amongst all everything. Grayson, thank you so much for your time, mate. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's been a bloody pleasure, man. I appreciate it. I hope I had something of interest for someone out there. <laughs> Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.